recovering. It's about getting back to who we really are and what we're really here for. Give me your strength and show me your weakness. We're in this together now. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Recovering. I am your host, Jennifer Don Watts, and we are starting season two. So I didn't know when season one would end. Um, it ended right before the uh, worldwide shutdown of the pandemic. And I was thinking about this podcast and I was thinking about, you know, what does it mean to start a podcast? What are the rules? Um do you have to have an episode out every week? How long is a season? But I just realized that that's part of this way of living for me, that I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And actually, there aren't nearly as many rules as we think. And I try to live one day at a time. There was a season for me where it didn't feel like the right time to try to say something. It felt like there was a season where everybody was scrambling to say something. Uh, there was also a time during the pandemic and shutdown that I could see people's anxiety levels rising. And a lot of those people might not have access to, you know, formal therapy. A lot of people were afraid to leave their homes and even go to therapy. So I ended up learning how to um, set up a store online, but I did free uh, anxiety downloads on that. Um, and they're still free. So you can write me on my website if you want access to those. But there's a meditation that I do, um, and it's a combination of two that I learned that I do when I travel and I have trouble sleeping in hotels. I do it when I'm anxious and I need to be grounded. I do it when I want to just take 20 minutes for myself. And so I thought, well, that's something I can offer. That's something practical that I can give to people. So I spent time learning um, just how to actually, you know, make a download like that and have it in a way that people could download it in a store. Um, and then, yeah, it was summer and my kids needed to get out of the house. And so that's what happened after that. And so did I. Um, and one of the people I got out of the house with was my friend, Dan, who is also here with us today. So welcome, Dan. <laughs> it's great to be with you, Jen. Thanks. And as I was thinking about getting started, I started to get these little nudges. And Dan, I don't know if you will know what I'm talking about. Uh, for those of you listening, you may know what I'm talking about too. But I started to get this energy back around the podcast. And it changed, it shifted from obligation and I should do this. And what about the podcast and worry to, oh yeah, there is this really cool thing that I get to make and hmm. I get to say whatever I want to say. And I get to try to help people and I get to try to be me. And part of being me is creating things and being creative. Uh, that's really exciting for me. There's a lot of joy in that. And so I just started to get some excitement around that. And then there were these little things that came up. And then there was this um, person who wrote me on Twitter. And I get these suggestions of people to follow. So I'm like, sure, why not? I follow them. And this person said, I listened to your podcast 
And I loved it. I loved, especially episodes one and three, they said like very specific. And I was like, wow, they listened to all the episodes hmm. and this is positive feedback. And it was just, again, that little bit of nudge and encouragement that, um, people are here. We're gathering. And the other thing that I thought about when I thought about the podcast was there's something about those of you who are listening that are affecting me. You are bringing something out in me. And if you weren't there, I don't know if that part of me would emerge in the same way. I would love to believe that if every week I went on and it said zero downloads, then I would still keep coming and bringing it and being myself. But I just feel like the feedback that I've gotten and the people that I've connected with and realizing that we are in this together there, that, you know, I listened again recently to the beginning of this podcast, that intro and that music and that song. And I was like, yeah, like, I actually believe that we are in this together now. And I don't know what's going to happen. There is a lot up in the air with a lot of things in the world as there always are. I think that we have less control than we think, but it seems more visceral at the moment. And so we need each other and you're contributing by listening. And that's the same in 12 step. When I sit at the table and I'm present to someone else sharing their truth, that matters. And so I really like the people who are gathering around what's happening here. And I'm excited about the people that I get to interview. And I also thought that it would be beneficial to be interviewed. So as much as I like being a therapist, I also like being a client. As much as I like interviewing people, I also enjoy being interviewed. And so I like to be transparent. And I don't always know what to say, what people are interested in that I could be helpful with or what they'd like to know about me. Um, but I want to try. And so then I thought, well, who would I like to interview me? And of all the people, I thought my friend, Dan, hmm. and you were my last episode, Dan. So it's kind of interesting that I got to interview hmm. you and then we flow hmm. into you interviewing me. But I think that's because I feel safe with Dan. I feel like he doesn't have intention to do harm or, you know, there's certain people that I think want to kind of catch us in something or will ask questions with an agenda, but I don't have that experience with you. And I feel like Dan has done a lot of his own work and grown in certain ways. And so there's this energy between us, I think, that happens when we're uh, present together and my soul shows up in a different way. And it's uh, like, it's ready. It's interesting. It's ready. So um, I asked and you said, yes. So here we are. So yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I had one thing to kind of fire up in me as you're speaking just now about, you know, the, whoever's listening to this, to, to our words right now and to these sounds that, you know, we're putting out there and trying to express what we're experiencing. Um, it was a teaching from the Martin Buber, this Jew, uh, Jewish philosopher, 
who wrote this amazing book in the 1920s called I and Thou, which has been a book that I've read and reread several times. I don't claim to fully understand all of what Buber is describing, but what strikes me in the book is he says that there's a, an encounter with another that can happen that transcends the I and it. In other words, the other person is an object or there's a, yeah, there's a, there's some type of a contractual arrangement, some type of a negotiated understanding of how, uh, we're going to kind of provide for each other. So, uh, in an I and it relationship, you know, if you and I were in an I and it relationship with each other, we would have that sense of being not totally safe because we would have this understanding that there's some kind of obligation. There's some kind of an agenda. There's something else operating here that um, either we're aware of or we're not aware of. But Buber says there is another transcendent relationship he calls I and thou, where you encounter the other as a fellow I. In other words, it's sort of subject to subject. And he also says this, and this is where I, I think it fired up for me in what you were sharing just now, Jen, was that you said, you said that you were different in different relationships when you encounter different people or they bring out something authentic in you. And he mm -hmm. said that the I in I and thou is different depending on who the thou is. That, that the, that the I itself is, has a different quality in that relationship and an I and it, you know, the I is very superficial. It is the eye of the ego. It's the eye of the false self, the eye of the projection, the eye of who do you want me to be? But when it's I and thou, it's the eye that's free, the eye that's liberated, the eye that desperately lovingly wants to come into being. And is so beautiful, so exquisitely unique. I was thinking about that with the listeners and I thought, you know, it was such thoughtful responses. Like when I would read people's reviews or they would write like even the, yeah, episodes one and three, like that's pretty particular. Mm -hmm. And there were these other things that people said to me, like I was really afraid to listen to the episode on real and relationships because I was scared what I would find out. But actually, like, it was okay. Like, I feel better, you know. And so as I listened to this feedback, again, it affected me. Again, that energy put back into this is bringing something again out in me. And I want to, you know, do better or it's shaping something. And so I think about, you know, if the feedback would have been nothing or if it would have been cruel or if it would have been more mm. on the superficial or something that actually affects all of this project. So we really are making something together. And when I thought about the listener and sharing my experience of how the listener affects me, again, it wasn't just all about me. It's not the all about Jen thing. So maybe from that, we can think about how these other people that are present to us in our lives how they're such a gift because they're bringing something out in us. Like it, it suddenly makes your friendship 
a much richer gift than like, Hey, this is my buddy, Dan. We're going to have a good time. Like, I don't love those podcasts when it's just like two buddies having a good time. Like I'm like, Hey, I'm struggling over here. Like, does anybody care? I don't want to listen to you and your buddy, like <laughs> laugh about shit. Do you know what I mean? like, just not into that. So, um, I just like, even though that's great that we can have a good time and have a laugh, um, and have mm-hmm. a conversation, that's not what I'm trying to do here. That's mm-hmm. not the purpose of this for me. And I feel like this magic that is happening in the work in the therapy room for me, like when I work with clients, it wanted to go further. And I mm-hmm. remember this feeling of being in this room with these mustard colored walls, just feeling like they were going to cave in on me. Like I felt so trapped. And it's not because that work was bad. It was wonderful. It's just something in me needed and wanted to do more. So yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. Like, I feel like this is just getting started. And when I look at some of my other friends who it isn't just them and their buddies, they are really trying to create something, um, for the world in the world with the world four years down the line, it, it evolves and changes. And even when I was listening today to an earlier episode, I was like cringing a little bit because I was trying to remember how I start these episodes. It's been so long because the quarantine, I'm like, what do I say? (laughs) And then I was listening to myself and I was like, Oh, you know, I sound really anxious and I don't sound grounded. And, you know, I was kind of critical of myself. And then I thought, yeah, but that's, this is a journey of my own evolution. Like, hopefully it gets better. Hopefully I become more grounded than I learn. And just the fact that I get to learn with you, whoever's listening right now, you, you know, that's, what's amazing to me. So, um, I'm really excited for who those people are that somehow get drawn to this and how we'll co-create whatever comes next. You're talking about what has changed in you, what have you noticed has been changing in you, you know, recently, what, what has been, what has been that change? Like this is episode seven and episode two is called that damn frog. Because when I would turn on this microphone, I had this relationship with the microphone And it's a nice big microphone. It's got this boom. It sounds so good. Listen to how it sounds, right? And I'm playing with the microphone. I'm having fun. And then I would hit record and I would just, everything in me would just seize up and, and I would get this frog in my throat and it was like literally a frog in your throat where you have to clear your throat. And the first episode that it happened, I thought I had a cold. But then every time I went to record and, you know, I would take a few runs at it sometimes and get started, but it would just be there so badly that I realized, oh my goodness, like this is something to do with anxiety and especially having a background as an anxiety coach. I mean, I've worked with people with some of the most severe forms of anxiety and panic attacks. So I'm very grateful that that has shifted for me. Um, I used to suffer with panic attacks. But still, it was like, it's just this thing being a therapist where you feel like you have to have your shit together. And I thought, you know, there's got to be some cognitive therapy exercise I can do or something, but it's really in my body. And there's a lot that's still unconscious for me that 
is going to have to work its way out in its own time or not. Or there may be things that I have to live with and that's okay too. Um, but what was amazing to me today is between this. And then I guess now that I'm talking about it out loud, I'm realizing, um, and this is the value of talking out loud, right? We realize these truths because I was thinking, Oh, it's only been a few episodes, but I also got to do this radio show and the radio show is called just ask Jen. And I don't know how many episodes I did of that, but between that and then some other people that interviewed me for their radio show podcast, I don't have that relationship with this microphone anymore. Like I didn't have that today and I don't have a frog in my throat. And so what does that mean? Well, I think that means for all of us is that I was scared shitless. So whatever the thing is, that's the next thing for you that would make you go, I would really love to do that. I would really love to do that. And whether it's a financial risk or whether it's a putting yourself out the risk, that's what it was for me with this podcast. It was like, okay, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing. I've never made a podcast. Like, am I going to embarrass myself? <laughs> like, I don't know. Right. And even, even speaking, like there's an art to speaking, you know? Yeah. And so I want to be a speaker, but it takes practice. And so I've spoke at different events, but you know, it's okay, but it's not like fantastic. you know. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, whatever, whatever it is, you may be surprised with just a little practice, how quickly you can overcome some of those things. So that was surprising to me. So I would say that is changing. I had a speaking coach before really briefly before this whole quarantine thing hit. And, you know, he would just say like, slow down. And so it's this constant reminder of whatever we cover today is enough. And I've always had this feeling of, it's not enough. I don't know why. I mean, when people look at my life, they go, well, looks like something's happening, you know, but, um, even recently someone that I really respect and admire, he was really coaching me on this whole slowing down rest thing, which is like the story of my life, right? Every person's like, you've got to slow down, you know? And, uh, he said something to the effect of you have this incredible capacity to create a lot of things. Like he said it a lot better than that, but just when he reflected that to me, I went, Oh, wow. Yeah, I do. And it's weird that I don't didn't really know that as well until he said that. So yeah, I feel like I, I continue to learn and to grow in some of these areas. And so that growth for me is just realizing that it's enough, whatever that voice is that makes me feel like at the end of the day, you didn't do enough. You didn't accomplish enough. What did you get done today? I do a different kind of work. And when I am going for a walk, listening to an audiobook, that actually is part of this work. And so it may not look like I accomplish something, even according to my ego, but it's part of the process for me. And when I go with you and we sit in a dinghy, and we have my <laughs> boat, <laughs> my 16 year old loves calling it our boat. <laughs> it's a dinghy. Um, but yeah, that's part of the work for me. Um, and I have to accept that and, and I'm growing into that. I'm probably better today than I was a week ago as I've reflected on it, probably better this year than I was last year, but it's still growth. And then, yeah, I think just personally, I'm, I'm growing into greater self-acceptance. I think sexuality is something being a Christian that I really wasn't, uh, talked to about or, 
that wasn't explained to me. So being a sexual being is something that I'm learning more about in myself and that that isn't shameful. And what does that mean to be a single person? And what does that mean for the things that I long for in my life and that break my heart? That's a real part of my being that I've embraced, you know, as I've thought about things in the last while and my longing for a partner. Another big learning for me recently is I do have this old story about success and that somehow if I just got on this particular show or if this particular thing happened, then, then I would have accomplished my goal. Then I would be successful. And I was coached recently uh, by someone. I had this thing where I thought if I could just get on his podcast, he has so many listeners on his book. I thought if I could just get on his podcast, especially with my book that I'm working on, and then, you know, then, then people find out about this book and people find out about this work. And then like, you know, this would actually be something because when you've been planting these faith communities for eight years, and sometimes you go to a gathering and six people show up, you're kind of like, what the hell am I doing? Like, <laughs> is this really like, is it working? Like, I don't know. Right. And so the, again, because success is about numbers and I've had people say, oh, that's not a church. That's a small group, right? They we're not going to support that. Right. So I had this, if only this happens then, et cetera. And I went to be coached by that very person. And that's where I was going to ask him. And it didn't work out that way that I asked to be on his podcast. I just, in the moment, thankfully through discernment, my gut, it didn't seem like the right time. But in the process of asking him questions about this path, what he was able to do was coach me into whoever's podcast you want to get on, whatever you you think you want to do, forget about that. Blech, let all that stuff go. He's like, tell me about the book. And I started telling him about the book and I was really enjoying it. He says, you really like that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I really do. And he's like, so would you would you want to read part of this book to people? And I was like, yeah, I really would. And he's like, well, why? And I explained why. And I had this purity back and this innocence to it and this joy. And he was like that, that's all you want. Forget about everything else. That is what you're after. So it really grounded me back in like how it feels in my body when I'm doing what I'm meant to do. And all that other stuff doesn't matter. And so it's like making this podcast. If I'm thinking about, well, who's going to listen and what are we going to say? And am I going to answer it correctly? Like that's all that noise again and, you know, ego bullshit or whatever. But it's really nice to be here with you. It's really nice to be by the microphone and more comfortable. And it's really nice to think that there's somebody else out there that could benefit from this conversation. And that's enough. That's been very helpful for me. And the interesting part of the story that I didn't see coming is I am going to be interviewing him next on my podcast next week. So it's funny how things like that work out. I didn't know mm -hmm. that at the time, but it worked out organically and in a way that was probably meant to be. Mm -hmm. So it's just helped me to trust in this process of just do what you love. Remember why you love it. Remember what got you to do this in the first place. And then like everything else is everything mm -hmm. else. So I've been learning a lot. I like to grow. No, it's beautiful. And yeah, sometimes I, I think of it in terms of self-forgetting. And I think to do anything that's, that requires artistry and 
creativity, there has to be some part of us that loses, we lose ourselves. Mm. You know, we lose all of these uh, usual uh, limitations and, yeah, self-created blockages. And like you mentioned, based on old stories and old ideas of who we are. And we, and we just, we just, we just aren't even aware of them anymore. And I, I don't think you're even aware of time, not even aware of. Yeah. Flow, right. That's what's. Yeah, about. exactly. Flow it. is a great term. But yeah, it's flow. so hard. Like it's, I, people can just say, Oh, get into the flow. Like, no, you so can't easy. create it though. That's the thing. No. It has to come as, it has to come as a <laughs> gift. It has to come as a surprise. And yet I think, I do think over time there's uh practices, yeah. I think that to put us more readily into that place for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And certain types of situations, like mm-hmm. I know for me, if there's a hurting person around me that is mm-hmm. genuinely asking for help, like somebody who really wants to do yeah. the work in therapy and they show up, man, that is so natural for me. Like it's whether it's being a two on the Enneagram or just who I am, but it's magic. It's amazing how I'll just mm-hmm. shift gears and be, and I'll see myself show up in a different way or remember things I didn't even know I knew. Yeah. And there's certain yeah. relationships that also can pull this out of us. Like it can actually bring the beauty to the surface in us, uh, just by their willingness to create the safety, but also a charged energy. Like it's, it's not a, it's not, gentle in the sense of being safe and and it has a fierce safeness to it if that makes any sense at all but there's a there's a charge to the relationship that invites and anticipates and uh creates a a drawing out like it it, it's like it pull takes it brings it out of me that i don't have i i just facilitated a couple days with an amazing group of men that were just so beautiful. You know, they've been doing their own soul work for 15 years together and they were amazing. And it was so easy to facilitate them. Like it was, you know, and they wanted me to guide them through this experience together. And it was effortless for me. I I just loved the things that were stumbling out of my mouth, you know, and I didn't ever feel self-conscious or doubting myself. And it was beautiful, you know, what we, how we encountered one another, but it was their readiness that made it so much easier. Yeah. And I think that for me, the other thing is I have had to learn that there's a trap sometimes in the things that I'm naturally good at too. Like, Mm -hmm. even though it's amazing to more naturally be in that flow when I'm helping, um, there's often these other parts of myself that go unexplored because it's so natural and because I'm so good at it and because I can make good money at it or whatever the thing is. So it is really hard for me, you know, maybe in those relationships, like we've been talking lately about Mm -hmm. having fun, um, being an adult and having real fun and letting go and setting aside a good chunk of time where there's no agenda that actually is more complicated and difficult, <laughs> it seems like, but yet so important because there's yeah. this part of me that's Jen that just loves to, Dan and I had to put this raft in the water this one time and the 
hill and that there's no way i don't believe i still don't believe that's a path but i was like no, no that was I'm that wasn't a path that was the path that was that's what they call a cliff actually i think the english <laughs> word for that is cliff <laughs> there's no way i'm gonna not break an ankle and like it was just the whole thing the whole thing yeah, and you, the fact that you didn't even have proper <laughs> hiking shoes and you're wearing sandals and have this huge raft that you're gonna go you know kind of had over you and the thing is is that it was it was a it was amazing like it was just mm -hmm. and again it wasn't just the you in that but it was the willingness to do something and explore these other parts that most people don't most guys and girls aren't friends when they're adults or they're married or what have you um, most people don't take the time there's something about this messaging about good mom good dad getting the work done is there's some really strong messaging that prevents that so um that's the other challenge to me is just because the flow comes more naturally to me as a therapist i still have to do the work now for the flow as an interviewer or uh being interviewed or getting used to the recording happening right now while we're talking or um having fun uh, or understanding what it means to be a sexual being on this earth as a Christian pastor, single 41 year old woman, you know, so there's just these other aspects, uh, that I'm really growing in and I'm excited. Like there was part of me recently that I was like, why does it have to be so hard? Like, why does, ah, there's just these certain things. Like, for example, we are not sure we want to call it Q faith community because there's this QAnon in the States that's causing mm -hmm. ruckus. And plus mm -hmm. there's all these other things called Q. And so over the years, everybody for eight years now has said, I don't know if we should call it Q. And I say like, fair enough. I, they say, why did you call it Q? And I say, I have no idea. I don't know why I do some of the things I do. I just feel the sense that I'm supposed to do it. And I do it. So I felt the sense I was called to call it Q. So I just called it that. And I thought of the LGBTQ community and I thought it was a nod to them to say that it was safe, which is uh, a big deal in a town that's mostly an oil town conservative place of over a million people. And it's mostly uh, not LGBTQ affirming churches. Um, I also love that the LGBTQ, uh, the Q stands for questioning. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, we can all fit into that, can't we? And so that stuck. Um, but the thing is, is that I was in agreement. I thought, well, there could surely there's even a better name than that. And then I tried to think about a new name, which I've done in the past. And I sat there and I sat there and people made some suggestions and like nothing really stuck. And then there's a whole bunch of other things with that name. And then there's a whole bunch of other problems. And then after two days of it, I was like, ugh, like, if there is this great spirit or intuition, like, couldn't I just get the name? Like, right. Just kind of how it came before. But then I thought, but there's actually this beauty in the work. It's actually interesting. It's actually fascinating. There's something really satisfying about something being hard and having to work through it and getting somewhere. So then I was like, Oh, okay. So like, this is, this is my higher powers way of making me not bored. Cause how boring would it be if everything just ding, like, you know, the genie in a bottle thing. So <laughs> anyway, so I'm sort of more embracing it now. I may get frustrated as we go along. But... <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so what at this point do you think is really kind of holding you back? Hmm. 
I don't know. Sometimes I fear that it's unconscious stuff that I don't have a lot of control over, that I just have to trust that whatever goodness is working will keep working. Sometimes I don't feel like anything's holding me back. I feel like I'm living a brave life and always trying to do the next right thing, no matter how scary. Um, so I think that maybe it's just a story that anything's holding me back or that something's holding me back. But sometimes it's the story that if I just had a partner, I think that I, I do really long for that. And I think that there's, uh, there's often something that somebody will say, if I just had this, then I would be happy. And so, yeah, I think that sometimes I can get distracted by that. I'm not as much currently because I'm really enjoying my work. But there are definitely times like when the world shuts down and you go, wow, like it's just me and my kids. So, yeah, that's a good question. And, and what is it that continues to surprise you about yourself, do you think? Well, recently, as I was preparing for this interview next week, I was reading a book on life and our lives and how everything belongs. Mm-hmm. And so it helped me to look at my like whole story of my life. And I... I went over to my grandparents because as I was reading this book, the person was talking about how much their grandmother meant to them because she loved everything that they did. And it was just so nice to have that kind of unconditional positive regard. And so I started crying because they talked about when their grandmother died. And I was like thinking about what I'll feel like when my grandparents die because they still happen to be alive, which is a miracle. They're 88, 90 years old. And I love them so much. They were like parents to me, like second parents to me. And so I called them right away and I went over to see them. In between that time, I've been just seeing myself and seeing my life and uh, embracing aspects of my child self that I had forgotten about. Um, (laughs) Like one of the things that surprises me when I remember it, but it's very true, is when I was young. The worst thing that you could do to me, the worst thing, the thing that would instantly I burst into tears and I go tell on you and want you to stop immediately is copying me. <laughs> like I hated that. I, I would get an idea and I'd be so excited about it and I would start working on it. And it usually be my cousins because I was an only child, but I had three girl cousins and they'd be hanging out with me and whatever we were working on, whatever the parents gave us to do, I would get this creative idea on how to do it. And then one of them would start mimicking what I was doing, which just drive me nuts. And I would go and I would scream and I'd be crying. And they would always say the same thing to me every time. You should take it as a compliment, right? And it didn't help. It did not help. I was just <laughs> as mad. And I was like, you have to make them stop. They have to come up with their own ideas. And so that is surprising like that is like oh okay so what is that about Mm -hmm. like there's something in this gen that 
wants to be unique and gets really excited when she has what feels like a more original idea. And there's something about other people going and doing what they're here to do. That's like really valuable to her and not having people be her, but having them be them. And so, yeah, so that's kind of like, oh, okay. Interesting. So there was something about creating unique things that was like really important to me from a young age. So, I mean, now it makes sense. Like living well, my counseling practice isn't that unique in some ways, but then there's other ways where I just was like pushing against a lot of different things. And I was like, I want to make this really different for the people that work there and also for the clients to experience. Um, and then Q faith, I mean, it is pretty unique. Like it's based on the 12 step model, but it's still church, but there's room for atheists and agnostics. And like, I'm still growing, you know, we call them our evolving values, not our values. So it's not like you have to sign this, like 56 things you believe in blood and you're never going to change your mind. You know, uh, like in some churches, when you become a member, they don't say blood, but you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, so that, and, uh, it surprised me recently when I was talking to you and you had said something about me as a mom, that was a really good reflection back because I do really put my kids first and I, it's amazing how important that is to me. But again, that story of because I'm busy or because I'm not a stay-at-home mom, like the other day, it was so awesome. I had these leftover potato wedges and they were in the fridge and I was in between this really big, important deal on the phone. So I was talking to the bank, I was talking to the accountants. I was like doing all the stuff that I do. And then I had these potato wedges in the fridge and I looked at the clock and I happened to see it's when Karis gets home from the bus. So I put the potato wedges and I put these bacon bits and I put this grated cheese and I put it in the microwave, right? Like this like stellar snack. And, uh, and then she walks in and I whisk it out of the microwave and I hand it to her. I bring the ketchup over the table. I'm on the phone or whatever. And then I got off and I was like, how was it? I got off the phone and I was like, how was it? And she said, that was like stay at home mom quality after school snack. And I was like, <laughs> yes. I did. Oh, <laughs> so most of the days I don't feel like that, but um, but mm. just being able to have you with the kids recently, and to see us being a family, and to really enjoy that atmosphere. Like, I don't want to speak for you, but that was, you know, mm -hmm. kind of what you had said to me, and totally and yeah. what you saw in me as a mom. I thought, yeah. okay, like that fear that I've had for so long that I was going to be mm. kind of history repeating itself in certain ways and not just anything against my mom. I think it's generations of challenges. That was a nice thing to see in myself. Hmm. What else does Jen like to see in herself? I love that there is a light that is very, very bright that shines. And I've been thinking recently about tweeting something about this because um, for those of you listening that don't know, I tweet on Twitter <laughs> and I only started doing it because <laughs> when I started my practice, they said I had to and I knew nothing about social media. Uh, but since then, it has been an opportunity for me to learn how to share things in a concise way that could be a thought provoking, you know thing for the day or, you know, some piece of wisdom or something that's helped me. But I've been thinking about how often lately I've been noticing that light 
that immortal diamond because uh, in the past, and so this is why I wanted to tweet it in case anybody else has this deep down fear, I didn't realize I carried this most of my life, but I always, always had this fear that if I really looked inside, if I really looked deep down, um, that it would be black, that I would find something dark mm. and I was terrified. It was almost like imagining the V of something. And if you really, really, really dig down to that bottom of the V, that core, that it would be black or dark or there'd be something bad. And that shame, you know, ultimately, it's not that I did something wrong. It's that there's something really wrong with me. And um, I don't know the exact moment that that changed for me. But it was through work in therapy. And I do think that's my higher power at work. And I think that's one of the means. And it was amazing. I mean, it changed everything when I think that I realized I was ultimately good and that I was created good. And that when I look at these little babies that come to the world, they're so good and so pure and that that's our core. Um, everything flowed from that differently. And I saw, you know, everything, even my faith, especially my faith that constantly just was built on sermon after sermon after sermon about what I did wrong. I was sinful. I needed mm -hmm. to do this. I need to do this more. So I just, I really, yeah, that's one more thing that I like to remember is a mortal diamond. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you, Jen. Tonight I was thinking how, how simple it is. You know, we're, we're just, I'm longing to, to be with people that are just honest. Hmm. And when they're honest, then it's healing, hmm. you know, and I, and I can do honest joy. I can do honest sorrow. I can do honest grief. Hmm. I can do honest repentance. I can do honest confession, you know, but I just can't do dishonest anymore. I just can't do it. I just can't do it. I can't be around it without it just eating at me. It's corrosive to my heart. I call so, it the ick. Yeah, the ick, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I can, and then the it gets on yeah. me. You know? I get really defensive and angry and bothered. Yeah. And, <laughs> and what and I bothered. really what I, what I really love is when I notice someone who like like tonight a couple times with you that they're, uh, they're searching they're searching for the vocabulary and they, and then all of a sudden they say they they oh yeah hang on there's a different way of saying this and or that didn't quite come out right or yeah I love that like I love when we're searching for words because then it tells me we're we're you know, the language of the heart surpasses all human language, right? So we can't, we mm -hmm. can never really express it in a way that feels sufficient and complete. And so we're left with these fragments, you know, these very, you know, mediocre attempts. And um, I mean, I guess the writing really exposes this too, just how frustrating it can be. That's how I felt trying to name yeah. Q. I was like, the yeah, words exactly. are not enough. <laughs> yeah. Like this experience yeah. I'm having at this yeah. place is like so transformative. You wrote about it. I loved what you wrote about mm -hmm. it, but how do you put that in just a name? Right. right? So right. yeah, 
there is this limit. Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe Spanish might help me. I feel like it's going to sound cooler if it's in another language, at least. <laughs> at least I don't be limited to the friggin' English language. <laughs> well, it helps to find a bathroom on the Camino as well. So it's a, it's a useful language for sure, depending where you are. <laughs> being here and i i think the mm. thing that stands out for me about this time a couple of things one i feel really thankful that um i got to share a bit of our relationship with others mm -hmm. i think that it is really nice to be with you and i think that there's something in both of our work that is actually and both of our beings not just our work but who we are yeah, yeah. that um there's something there that helps people and that, that bounces off of each other and is, you know, a certain kind of, I don't want to say chemistry, people might mm -hmm. freak out, but you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. there's something there. And so it's really nice to get to, mm -hmm. and especially because we spent a lot of time since our last recording, which I think was like six or seven months ago. So it's interesting to see even how our dynamic has changed. Um, so I yeah. like sharing that with those of you listening and then I think the other thing is I just am grateful that you allowed me to be as real as I could for today. And as somebody who, uh, rather than calling this podcast recovering, wanted to call it real, <laughs> I really value that. And I want to try to do what I talk about. So I think I showed up as best I could. But again, mm -hmm. what we talked about at the beginning it's about the other person too and what they bring out in us. So thank you for, uh, we, you talk about it as a, our soul's a wild animal. So something of what you did in the forest allowed the wild animal to peek out a little bit and show up. So thank you. No, thank you. Well, thanks everybody for listening this week. Um, next episode should be a good one. So stay tuned and come back and thanks for listening. Have a great week. Together now. Give me your love and tell me your Recovering is about listening, and it's also about remembering those out there that are just like us in spiritual need. So carry the message. You can write a review on iTunes, you can share this on Facebook or Twitter, or even text the link to a friend. To keep it, we have to give it away. <laughs>